0: Completely forgot how I start the show.
1: Welcome back, friend. Welcome back, new friends. Friends
0: And welcome, well, welcome back.
1: Um, Uh,
0: Welcome and welcome, new friends.
1: Welcome back and welcome, new friends, to the Easy Dizzy Podcast. No,
0: No. it's welcome and it's. um,
1: Welcome. uh, It's welcome. Welcome and and
0: welcome back, new friends. Is what it
1: is. Well, why would you welcome new friends back? That doesn't make any sense. You're
0: right. It's welcome and welcome, (laughs) new friends. Welcome and welcome, new friends.
1: Welcome Welcome and
0: welcome new friends to the Easy Dizzit
1: Podcast. Welcome back and welcome new friends to the Easy Dizzit Podcast. A podcast all about... You you cut that out. Oh, we don't say that anymore?
0: No, you go right into the...
1: (laughs) Welcome back and welcome new friends to the Easy Dizzit Podcast. A podcast about Disney travel planning. I'm Justin, a Disney hyper nerd and
0: hyper Nerd travel planner travel planner and i'm autumn a uh mild disney enthusiast
1: and we are here to talk about staying happy and healthy in the parks sure sure let's do it so it's obviously been a little bit autumn may 1st was our last published podcast
0: that's wild so those of you that are new we moved and we had a heck of a, oh, a yeah. moving process so and that's we talked why about it. well yeah that's part but, of uh, it. but our old friends Will have known yeah. that that's why. We moved
1: to a new place, threw us off, right? Yeah, we're now yeah.
0: comfortable, we're settled. Justin doesn't want to divorce me anymore. Well, um, yeah. He loves his new well, kitchen.
1: That's interesting you say that, let's go <laughs> okay. back. Because <Let's> <laughs> I have my lawyer on the Spoke line. too so. soon. Yeah. No, I think that's funny you say that, because our last episode, we recorded us fighting about <laughs> vacation. So like our relatives, uh, you know, my brother Josh is like, guys, was that a joke? What's going on here? Yeah. Because we kind of got in like the whole point was that, you know, we have a hard time planning vacations together. And uh, so we recorded ourselves having a hard time playing vacation together. And that was our last podcast. So people were like, wait a second. Did What's that been? end it? Were yeah. they not able to resolve their differences? Update on that. We were not able to resolve no. our differences. <laughs> But we are still together. We worked through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Autumn. So, I think, and we did record an episode too.
0: We did. So, it was good. And we even had plans for the next one. It was in June, I think. Yes. And again, I think between just some life stuff that came up and then we recorded a beautiful episode and then it got lost. We just like had some trouble getting into the rhythm of things. And then we got into summer schedules. So, but here we are. And I think we are like comfortably settled in our home. And I think we can get back to our regular scheduled program.
1: So what we're going to do is we're going to, and I would say another thing, if you've been following our Instagram at all or TikTok is, oh wow, blanking dinnerland dinnerland yeah i can't remember <laughs> anything today dinnerland Dinner has been all-encompassing dinnerland has really taken up a lot of my headspace between right. and i'm still i still have travel clients so i'm still in disney travel client wise and he still it's not,
0: works his full-time job yeah partially yeah, in the summer yeah
1: partially i still worked in the summer so while i do love all you out there in, in podcast world i love our audience i love the feedback we get you don't pay the bills, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to prioritize some of that. And Dinnerland, I really was, and we'll talk more about that. What Dinnerland is, if you don't already know what Dinnerland is, but yeah, so Dinnerland is over. We're planning for future Dinnerlands for sure, but I really want to get back into the podcast to to you know to have the fun that we have on a weekly basis, yeah, or bi-weekly basis, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, what are the first things that we talked about on our last podcast? I think uh, we saw the Little Mermaid. We did. We saw the Little Mermaid. Mermaid, and you had some things to say about the Little Mermaid.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna go because we got Dinnerland and some new things. But I want to kind of we wanted to touch base on some of the things yes. we didn't get to. Yes. So we saw the Little Mermaid. I will start with my general impressions, and then Justin can share his. I loved it. It was a beautiful movie. It was hands down the best. Live action uh, remake, but but aside from that, because I know Justin's response to that would be, well, that's a low bar because most of them haven't been so good. Yeah, most
1: live action. But I mean,
0: but I mean uh, that even like like, let's not compare it to live actions. It was an excellent movie, and I would even say I think there were segments of the movie, and some of you might hate me for saying this, that I think were even better than the original movie. In particular, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula was phenomenal. Like watching that. In the theater, there are so many moments I just, I like got goosebumps from the goodness and was like, wow, I didn't think you could be better, but I think like you, wow, you know, I was wowed. One of the other things that had come up a lot around the movie, and we talk about, we apply like some real world things, you know, because we talk about happiness and healthiness and mindfulness and that jazz, was this idea of The Little Mermaid being Mm -hmm. a, a colorblind cast. And one of the things that I shared with Justin is that that irks me a little bit.
1: You overheard that. That It irks me not a little bit, a lot of bit. We went to uh, like a dinner, work work function, and you overheard that, right?
0: Yes, from someone that like works in film. Mm -hmm. And I had a bone to pick with this person and other people. You threw a bone at them? I threw a bone at them. A little chicken wing? Very hard. And yeah, it is basically just that. I understand why people want to use that term, that it's like, we are not, we're, we're moving away from casting like a stereotypical Caucasian body, you know, with a certain body type. But the casting in this movie and many other movies that are quote colorblind aren't colorblind, it's actually all, it's like very intentional. Right. Who the characters are, what they look like, what the impressions of them are, how they move throughout this, like all of that is, is actually pretty intentional. So that's just a thought I, I had to share about Little Mermaid. And the last one, you know, can I wait, note. can we
1: go back to that? Yes. Why is that important? Like, why? Like, you're so you're telling me Hamilton. It's not an accident that they're mostly non-white actors. Yes. That was why purposeful. Is that, why is like it being purposeful important? Why can't it just be like
0: because we need hey, to be consciously... Hey, give it to whoever, kind Correct. Of, yeah, yeah. Because we want to be consciously thinking about people's ethnicity, say, because that's what we're largely talking about in both of these mm-hmm. movies. Because that is also a part of the story, understanding, like, that person's perspective, understanding even sometimes the irony, which is like a lot of Hamilton, right? Yeah. (laughs) Of what someone's current ethnic trait looks like playing somebody that's very opposite of them, that that's all intentional and that all helps us understand who we are. So if we just say that we're not paying attention to it, then we're not paying attention to a lot of the things that make that person that person.
1: Right. You know? And so, yeah. So, like race is a dimension that we can pay attention to. Yes. And it doesn't always have to be like a negative representation of that, right?
0: Also that, yes. It's important because it lets us, that is a part of who people are, and that can inform the way they do things, the way they interpret things, the way that they act, the way you know, so all of that.
1: There was one guy, and he did get a bit of flack for it, but he was a little bit butthurt that they represented in this movie white people and black people together, and that was fine. And because he said, you know, in this period, that wouldn't have occurred. And like um in a Caribbean island, you know, That's where right. there was tons of slavery in these Caribbean islands. Right. And I think we both, on the lost episode, we were both like, okay, but there's also mermaids. (laughs) This This, is a fantasy. (laughs) This is fantasy. Right.
0: And that's why I was like, okay, yes. So if this was like factual, absolutely. A
1: factual retelling of The Little Mermaid. That would bother
0: Justin very much. This is inaccurate. But fantasy. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that goes into my very last point that also was about race and ethnicity is that there's... It's such a lack yes i don't think about the little mermaid as fantasy but it is fantasy this is a fantastical is that the word sure it's a fantastical story yeah and how great is it to have people of color as the main character in fantasy because (laughs) there's statistically such underrepresentation yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. so anyone
0: who boohoo's that pick up a book read some statistics and be happy about it (laughs) that's all i have to say what do you have to say about the little mermaid justin
1: all right. Well, you uh, uh, not a ton. Okay, I think the movie was fine. I like the original cartoon fine. when I was a kid, because I was a kid. And my biggest thing with you know Disney animated movies really is like visual gags. I love jokes, and I think the Little Mermaid had tons of uh, the cartoon had tons of visual gags. I think that's harder to do in live action. Even like if you think of Lion King, like Timon and Pumbaa, there were a lot of visual gags that couldn't really pull it off with uh, live action. And this my favorite one of my favorite scenes is the under the sea mm-hmm. deal and i think they did a beautiful job with what they could do right mm-hmm. in terms of like keeping the the under sea wildlife realistic but still being exciting absolutely and beautiful yes. very fun to watch but There wasn't blowfish, bro, you know, there wasn't, like, the gags, the jokes.
0: They had to change the way the gags looked. I wouldn't say there wasn't gags. In some of the live-action remakes, they, like, took it, there was nothing. Yeah. They, like, moved their bodies, like, the starfish, like, popped out during, you know what I mean? So there
1: was... But there was a pop. It wasn't, like, a guy, it wasn't a blowfish with a saxophone, (laughs) is my point. There (laughs) wasn't... And then I guess, so like, so, but really no major complaints except for one. I have one major complaint. And the word you used early on in describing this movie was beautiful. And I think to a large extent, this is correct. With one glaring exception. So my best little buddy when I was a kid was Flounder. I had a Flounder math toy. He was cute. He was my cute little yellow buddy. My little fish friend, best pal. I just wanted to hug him, squeeze his cute little cheeks. The flounder in this movie is a travesty to the... To, he looks He looks like something you'd see, like, dead in an Asian market. Uh-huh. Like, head-on, dead fish eyes staring at me, yeah. mocking my memory but of Tom flounder. I will this. not have it. <laughs> okay. This movie needs to be adjusted with a cuter flounder. Okay. When they, if they do any kind of, I mean, it's probably already out on Disney Plus, right? And they're not going to do Blu rays. Yeah. They need to fix this. Maybe the 10th anniversary edition, they make Flounder cute.
0: Yeah. And I will say, I agree. He was just like, Dull-ish. Like, where the, even the other live-action... dead fish. ...Ocean characters didn't look that way. Sebastian didn't look that... You know what I mean? Sebastian were, was pretty
1: good, yeah. I think. He had, like, eyes, a little mustache thing going. Yeah, and it was yeah. good.
0: I think that's what I was impressed with. Like, I think where they nailed it with this one, where they really failed with the other live-actions, is they brought a mix of, like... Yes, this looks much more realistic, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like Sebastian very much still had like those kind of cartoonish eyes and it, yeah. it didn't wasn't like oh what am I looking at? It wasn't just like straight real crab. Yeah. It did a nice blend, I I thought. Yeah, I don't part. think he
1: was a real flounder, which I think is fine because I think flounder's Correct. an ugly fish.
3: Accurate Justin. Flounder was not portrayed as an actual flounder in the little mermaid live action remake. Flounders have both eyes on one side of their bodies and most humans interpret them as odd or ugly looking. Instead, the new flounder is represented by a species of damselfish known as Sergeant Major. They are named as such due to the unique striping pattern found on their bodies. Clownfish are pretty cute. You can't do a clownfish because of Nemo, but there's got to be a cuter fish
1: out there. So I'm starting a campaign just like the Sonic. When they're ugly Sonic, they got rid of ugly Sonic, We need to get rid of ugly flounder. And I know it's maybe a little late, but we need to do something about this. So, if you're interested in campaigning to get ri- what are we going to call this? End Ugly Flounder. Yeah,
0: ha- hashtag end Ugly Flounder.
1: Yeah, email uh, easydizitpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to get this movement going. We're going to fix what's been, what wrong has been done to my childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about Little Mermaid.
0: Alright, so that's our recap of Little Mermaid. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, whether you agree or disagree with any of the Things that we shared,
1: unless um, you disagree with me.
0: No, no, no. I, I just welcome disagreement. Well, don't
1: because oh. I don't need that in this movement. Okay. The end. Ugly flounder movement. Okay. We don't need that kind of okay. negativity. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Done. All
1: right. So the other movie that we saw, Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, you want me to? You're looking at me. Sweet. You want me to talk about this? I'll
0: let you talk about it. I'll, uh, this, let me. You Let me start
1: me. it off, yeah, because I think the biggest thing for me going into this was I caught, like, a couple of these reviews, you know, like, oh, it's doing, <laughs> you know, critics really hated this movie, and I was a little bummed, because I'm like, oh, God, Eddie Murphy movie all over again.
0: So for those of you that don't know, this was a remake. There was an original with Eddie Murphy done in the late 90s, early well, 2000s. N-
1: I don't mean to correct you, but it's not a really a remake, because they didn't remake the story. This is this is oh, a whole right? new story in a different universe. Oh, dress. you're right. it, is, yeah. different, it is a do, new story. Yeah. What
4: would you call
0: this? This is just Are we imagining then is what Disney
1: It I would say it's just a new Haunted Mansion movie another new take. Oh. Yeah, okay. I don't even think it's really a reboot. I think it's You're just right. like You're right, it's
0: a different story. You're yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Different story altogether. And so these reviews that I was reading were like And I didn't read the reviews. I just looked at the headlines cuz I didn't want any spoilers. It's just like Critics say this movie isn't good. I'm like, oh, man. Bummer. I was bummed. But we still went.
0: I was, too. Yeah. Because I love Haunted Mansion. Did
1: you see some of the reviews And at I the actually
0: time? had Justin see the original. He hadn't seen it until I had you see it. Do you remember that? Is that the true? Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. I think I did, did see, see it. it.
1: I think I did see it. And I was just yes. like, I had I a very low opinion it. of it.
0: <laughs> Maybe. You didn't remember it. I mean, I, I still that. have
1: a very low opinion of it. But it's but evolved. It's great, It's great for what it is. Because, it's, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say that. I'll... Take that to my my what um, the movie crit.
0: did. It was great it. it just yeah,
1: the original Eddie Murphy movie was a very silly, silly, stupid Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, and that's it.
0: like a lot yeah. of other classics. Did but me, back, I
1: think. yeah, sorry. I want to mention 2023. Yeah. So we went to go see the movie. Yeah. Autumn, I loved this movie.
0: <laughs> really loved the movie. I like no, I liked it a lot too. I would still say I think you might have loved it above me, but I thought yeah. it was very, very good. The
1: whole movie, I kept turning to her. I'm like, did you, did you see that? Did you, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie. I feel like they made this movie just for me and that's why everyone hates it. Correct. Because this movie is for me specifically.
0: And later, if I my add, when yeah. we looked at reviews, everyone that was like a, a Disney nerd and it was apparent by their level of yeah. this movie, so this movie was really made for Disney fans.
2: You I think know? so. And, and like and Disney nerd fans, fans, fans Haunted, fans,
0: mansion, Haunted fans. mansion fans. Haunted Mansion fans, for yeah. specifically the ride, not necessarily yeah. the former movie, but the ride.
1: Yeah, no, th- I don't think this was like a love letter to the two thousand three Eddie Murphy yeah, haunted mansion.
0: <laughs> Though apparently, yeah, I'll let you talk about that. What? What? The Easter egg that we didn't see a Oh, but it wasn't
1: real. Someone made that up. We were so it couldn't have we been. got home, right? And we we're like, I was like, this is the best movie ever. So we started reading through all these Google reviews, and you read a Google review saying that Eddie Murphy had and a cameo. And this was one of
0: someone who knew Wait, this person was like Justin Level Disney
1: knowledge. So you read a review that said that Eddie Murphy had a cameo in the movie Correct. as a ghost. Yes. And we're like, whoa, we missed that. But then I Googled it and was like, nah, it didn't happen. That Are you wasn't sure? Yeah, it did not happen. He was not in that movie. He went on, they did an interview, and he's like, no, I'm not gonna be in that movie. Oh. Yeah, so that never happened. Oh.
0: I was really, because I loved it, and, and at the end, before we left, I said the only thing that this movie was missing was just some kind of like callback, some kind of callback, so <laughs> then, then, it would be, then it would be, you know what I mean, just for like the sake of it, you yeah.
1: know? No, it would've been cool if he was a ghost or, you know, but, so anyway, why did I love this movie? I think the amount of Easter eggs were great, but what really w- made this movie awesome to me is it took elements of the ride and made them integral to the plot of the movie in a really smart way. So it wasn't just like, oh, here's the suit of armor, you know, that's it wasn't from the- just in the movie. Yeah. But things like the hitchhiking ghost following you home. That was an integral that's plot awesome. point. Yeah. The movie would not have worked without hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah, and, and There are just things like that, you know, and I think like. Were there other things that were just kind of thrown in there that were cool, like the doom buggies were portrayed in a really interesting yes. way? Yes. Uh, the stretching room was awesome. There's there's just so much there. And and then on top of all that, it was just like a really interesting storyline with the Hatbox Ghost being a villain. Mm-hmm. I think he was an excellent villain for this. It was
0: really, and it was a really cool story. Mm-hmm. And it also was like we had the opposite of the, uh, the first one, I'll say. That it was more serious and therefore a little bit more spooky. You know, there were some jump, you know, jump scares. Nothing horror like, but just some really thrilling. Like you're like, oh, well, that I wasn't anticipating. Me neither. Based on the first one.
1: Yeah, and I don't like movies like that. But this like towed the line of like, yeah, like I wouldn't want it to be any more jump scarier. There were like three, maybe three jump scares. The Haunted Mansion, the Muppets Haunted Mansion had a jump scare that got me. It did.
2: It's
0: kind
1: of <laughs> The John Stamos yeah. jump scare. Yeah, yeah. There were a few of them like that that were pretty creepy. But I, I, I was fine with it. I thought it was good. I wouldn't bring like a little kid to the movie that might have nightmares or anything like that. Yeah. Because even when there aren't jump scares, it the themes are very spooky and sometimes dark. And
0: right, right, right. And it's heavy. I think to appreciate the movie. Your abstract thinking needs to be a little just because of the, the level of the motifs, if you will, that run yeah. through the movie. You, yeah. You're not gonna get it.
1: Yeah, there's so like I'd a say like
0: ten or twelve. There's I like wouldn't take you if you're younger than ten or
1: twelve. A, a child suicide motif at the end, like that kid almost killed himself. It's true. So that was kind of dark, you know, And again,
0: this is all looted. This isn't like a young child would see that and not know that there, there
1: wasn't like Right, right. He was like going to cross over. But this it is wasn't where,
0: maybe was this P G thirteen? It God, was PG
1: thirteen, yeah. It was, bigger than it was the, yeah. P G
0: thirteen. That sounds accurate.
1: Yeah. And I guess the only other thing I wanted to say about it is just if you if you follow Haunted Mansions and movie making and and stuff like that you would know like over the last decade there's been a lot of there were i should say a lot of rumors and and but like and reporting like verified reporting that guillermo del toro was working on a haunted mansion movie and that he was going his movie was going to feature the hat box ghost as a villain because he was obsessed with the hat box ghost it's a very interesting character and and that that movie was going to be very dark and creepy and i just feel like I don't know. I feel like Justin Simeon made Guillermo del Toro's movie. Mm. And I just want to know more about that. Like, Was Justin Simeon on the phone with Guillermo del Toro? Because I feel like.
0: They might be besties. Simeon did an excellent job.
1: He did! It was It was an awesome movie. And they might I think it was very like well-directed.
0: I could see that maybe not, but I could see where they're on the similar plane when it comes to yeah. things.
1: And even if it was, and I'm not trying to say like Guillermo del Toro like should get credit for this movie, but I'm just thinking it wasn't like Guillermo del Toro was like, oh, I'll do that, that'll be fun. He tried really hard to get this movie made, and from what I understand, he has like a low-key obsession with the Haunted Mansion, yeah. and he has like Haunted Mansion wallpaper in his house and stuff like that. Yeah. So if he knows Another director is going to make this movie. Would he not like get on the phone? And and if you are another good director and you know that another fantastic director is like right. wanted to make this movie, would talk? you not get on the phone? Right. Yeah. Right. So I feel like there had to be like maybe Guillermo got a bit of his movie made. You know? Maybe. Maybe was he, he in a, the
0: credits in any way? He might I have didn't been. I
1: don't see. It. We I should do some more googling. Yeah, on but it. I would but Google. It. We could. Yes. The that. days after I did Google and nothing was popping up for Guillermo del Toro in this movie. movie, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure Justin Simeon has seen his movies, too. And, and I mean, I wouldn't say that this is a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's just the fact that those plot points were
3: kind of, like, shared. I don't know. Good ideas. You know, stick around. On this, Justin, I'm afraid you are likely incorrect. In a July interview with the direct, Justin Simeon indicated Guillermo del Toro had no role formal or otherwise in the movie. Quote, You know... I never got a chance to really interact with Guillermo's version of the movie. By the time it came to me, Katie Dippold had written a brilliant sort of adaptation way in, and I have absolutely no idea how the development process occurred. End quote.
0: They do, and like you said, great mates think alike. You know? That's right. He's not the only one that would have some similar thoughts. I, I think Simeon... I don't know Del Toro as much, but he is a great way of bringing, making real thing, like I guess thriller, making a connection between like real life things yes. and fantasy
1: awful things. Yeah. Merge. <laughs> and, and I think that was a good another good thing that made this just a good movie in general was that like where are the Haunted Mansion 2003? It was like a cartoon basically.
2: Yes, uh, yeah. This
1: movie, this on Dimension, had its basis in reality and right. real life and real trauma and stuff like that. It was, I don't know. Yeah,
0: trauma. No, you're right. That yeah. was the root of, and that was interesting. And
1: Danny DeVito? Come on. Oh,
0: he was, yeah, yeah he was great. Danny
1: DeVito. Okay. My one was, thing that I will say
0: that I did, negative thing that I would agree with was, who played Madame Leota? I'm forgetting her name.
1: Oh, yeah. Not Glenn Close. I always want to call her Glenn Close. Yeah. The Scream Queen from... The old Halloween movies, Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis yes. is awesome. But I do feel like her the character, and she's tremendous. I do feel like this the character, a little flat.
1: Yeah, it was a little flat. They'd
0: flat, like compared to even the first one. Yeah. Like I think there was a little more like jazz in that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't
0: know. It was kind of like, oh, it's more out of the.
1: And I would say if, if this, this movie has, an, has a weakness, it's some of the acting. Even from like the good actors, I think. It kind of fell prey to what happens when actors have to act to nothing. Like, when Jamie Lee Curtis was doing that, she was probably in a room by herself. That's correct. You know I mean? There was a couple scenes where, like, the reactions weren't quite, like, accurate, especially that ending scene. It, I think this happens a lot in special effects movies. I don't disagree. And some of the, the, the critics pounced on that, too, you know. And I don't. I think it's not the best acting from every actor in there, you know, but... I thought the movie overall was friggin' excellent. Like, 8.9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe 9.3 out of no, 9.3 for me out of 10. Yeah. Where, where would you put this well, movie?
0: I... I'm curious to see... To check the reviews and see if any of the ratings had had gone up. We saw it the, within the 24 hours it came out. Yeah. Yeah, I put this... I'm gonna give it, like... It's a more between an 8.5 and, and a 9.
1: hmm Fair enough.
0: I would put it between 8.5 and, and 9. I will also say... What's her name? Rosario Dawson, who plays... I don't want to say, but kind of the family that first comes to this haunted mansion and figures out the mom. mom. It's interesting because that actress also plays in Marvel, which is a part of Disney. Mm -hmm. And when I pointed out to Justin, I don't know if he realized it, what she says her reality is, her reality is the same character that she plays in Marvel. Oh, so right. I was really interested like they're both they ha- that was and that had to be emergency,
1: purposeful. Emergency room nurses, is that right? she
0: was a she's a nurse at the same hospital she is in which she in Luke cage.
1: Yes oh, Luke in cage. A
0: Daredevil. But like oh. why would you purposely it was just interesting that, right. that they didn't change yeah, that was. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm like curious to see. Is that was that done? Is there gonna be some kind of connection or something? <laughs> do it's you think it's they're gonna do that it's like she's a nurse? <laughs> the at Haunted the same Mansion. Hospital. Well, it just. To the like, why would you say that?
1: Yeah, it might just be an Easter egg. It might just be an Easter egg for Daredevil. That could fans. just be for yeah. me. Yeah, that's, that's for you. What
0: I'm just for me. Just for you. But I love that there are a lot of other hidden gems and I love this isn't awful, but just as I think Justin and I being in the uh, mental and behavioral health field, I think we love the realistic kind of background of pain. (laughs) We don't love people being in pain, but I think we appreciate like that and how that can translate to what can it translate to? What am I saying?
1: Horror. That's like your real life horror, right? Real there. Real life horror, is... and also,
0: and also, though at the end, what you see is like this beautiful transformation and growth too. Yep,
1: yeah, through that, through trauma. the pain. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. accepting it and just yeah, accepting it really. Yeah, I thought that they they handled that really well. So yeah, overall though, we just talked a lot we about would that recommend movie. seeing Yeah, it. it's a good movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again.
0: Maybe we do like a show party. What's that called? Like a, show? Uh,
1: watch, a watch watch along. Show. A watch along. That cool, yeah, that'd be fun. If it comes out on Disney Plus, when it comes out on Disney Plus, so I'll watch yeah, along. Yeah. yeah. If, you've, if you'd be interested in a haunted mansion watch along, shoot us an email at easydizitpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we won't have our, our regular segments today because we're going to talk about Dinnerland. Dinnerland. What is Dinnerland? What happened with Dinnerland? And then we'll have some interviews to follow with some of the people that made Dinnerland mm. possible. Yeah. So stick around. We'll be right back. See you soon. Introducing the Diz Counter, the first ever calorie counting app specifically designed for Walt Disney World vacations. As a Disney-loving health enthusiast, you deserve an app that's tailored to your unique needs. And that's exactly what the Diz Counter delivers. The app's user-friendly interface makes it easy to input your meals, snacks, and drinks with just a few taps. Plus, the app has a massive database of Disney food and drink options, so you can quickly find and record your favorites. Best of all, this app is powered by an artificial intelligence engineered to understand that all calories consumed inside Disney World don't count. That's right, Dole Whips, Mickey-shaped pretzels, even Casey's Corners, dog nuggets all zero calories so what are you waiting for download the diz counter today and start enjoying all the delicious disney treats without the guilt with zero calories for everything you enter you can indulge in the magic of disney and self-deception all right welcome back everybody welcome back autumn Thanks. <laughs> so, all right. So now we're going to talk about Dinnerland. Dinnerland. And I think for this, maybe this, this conversation is going to be about it. We're going to have some interviews. It's going to be mostly spoiler free. But then next week or maybe the week after, we're actually going to, we're going to translate Dinnerland into a podcast. Yeah. Well, because we have the recordings. Josh is going to send some music samples. Oh. And then we can just read stage directions. Yeah, (laughs) Maybe present the menu, just so for the people who will never be able to make it to Dinnerland because of location or whatever, that they can still experience kind of like what we did, you know, for Dinnerland. But yeah, we are going to be doing this again in 2024, in the spring of 2024. So yeah, uh, yeah, you can check out the Instagram, shoot me a DM if you want to get on the interest list. Anyone who gets on the interest list will be able to buy a discounted ticket. But yeah, basically, what is Dinnerland? It is a pop-up dinner Mm -hmm. uh, held in conjunction with Foster's Feasts. So Foster's Feast is run by Dave Foster. He is a New Haven chef. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had a restaurant in New Haven. He's been, he's on the news channel, uh, you know, mm. cooking segment Channeling. all the time. Yeah, channel eight. Thank you. He's he's like, and he's our friend. He actually married us. Yeah, He did. He, yeah. So So Dave is the chef. And so it is a fine dining experience. We had eight courses this time, mm. eight course fine dining experience. And it's tied to a narrative, a story. A story that we tried to kind of tie to reality in a way, yeah. but a fantastical story about—I don't even know how much. I guess let's just say at this point uh, related you'll know. to Disney. It is related to Disney.
0: Dinnerland and is, a, like, is a takeoff of Disneyland. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> a spinoff. It's kind of. it's basically what inspired in this reality that we've created. Correct. What inspired Walt Disney to uh, create these rides and experiences? Correct. Occurred in this house. It's an
0: origin of inspiration story.
1: There you go, there you go. <laughs> so basically you come in and and you, you after the, we had a pre-show and everything. We had a yeah, pre-show okay. video a greeting a, a cocktail a VIP party. VIP lounge space. VIP lounge, exactly. <laughs> and then you, you jump into the story through audio recordings that were found in our basement yeah. from the previous homeowner, yeah. a story okay. about how he met Walt Disney. Yes. I'm gonna say it, how he met Walt Disney and inspired him to create uh, his world, right? Mm-hmm. So so we basically went back and forth between those two rooms, the the story room and the dining room. And one of the reasons why we went back and forth is because the dining room every time changed. Right. And that was your job. Say.
0: That was my job. I, I changed Sets. the state of things. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was the set design person.
1: We basically had a set for each dinner. Themed yeah. to that attraction.
0: Correct.
1: So when you, after you heard the story that inspired the attraction, you went into dinner and ate inside the attraction. Right.
0: So this was eight courses.
1: Eight courses. Four different uh, attractions.
0: Four different attractions. Can I talk about yeah. it? So we, yeah. Whatever you want so to talk about. So we had Peter Pan mm-hmm. was the first attraction that was themed mm-hmm. with the food. We then moved into Jungle Cruise, which was amazing. Should we go into detail? And I think my favorite. Or s-
1: some detail about what the plates were and how it was related to the story. Maybe just some fun yeah. things. Yeah, maybe
0: I'll go through. I'll, I'll share what the rides were and then we can talk because you have. You well, can you talk do about the ride the food, and I'll
1: talk about the food. Stop. So for Peter Pan, yeah. you think of the volcano in in the yeah. you know Skull Rock. We lit some cheese on fire. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Dave did a cheese flambe there. It was very cool. All right. What was the next one?
0: The next one was Jungle Cruise, which was my favorite. Yes. And I do think it was everybody's favorite theme of the
1: evening. Yeah. I think it was the most visually stunning one. Yeah. So we basically, we <laughs> I made a giant piece of wood. He which did. I'll, I'll post some,
0: did some woodwork. <laughs>
1: I'll make a carousel of pictures for Dinnerland to go along with this episode. Check it out uh, at Easy Dizzit on our Instagram account. But yeah, we basically made a board and we put the salad in little boats and each boat was labeled.
0: With the names of the real boats for Jungle Cruise that I used a wood burner and I wood burned all the names in. So we went, we did a lot of detail here. We
1: made little signs basically Mm -hmm. for each one and and each sign, like you said, had the name. Mm -hmm. But those signs were made from popsicle sticks. We didn't just put popsicle sticks on boats. No, no, no. We cut them down and we wore it the edges the file, of them basically. yeah use the file on each one of these 12 signs before wood burning the names into it so like just the signs on these boats towed together between autumn and myself at least two and a half hours two and a half hours <laughs> just, just
0: the signs just signs we didn't make the boats we did buy like bamboo boats but yes
1: but the signs for the boats So we
0: had salad that went in there mm-hmm. and those went on this beautiful hand carved board that on Justin this made. yep
1: or hand-weathered board, I would hand say. Weathered. Oh. you didn't it. Well. No, and I used power tools to do it, so. Okay. <laughs> I hand-oiled it. You did. <laughs> but yeah, with like banana leaves down and skewers, meat skewers, mm-hmm. with the spears pointed inwards towards the boat. Right. Kind of a thematic old Jungle Cruise right. reference we had, there.
0: We had beautiful leaves with some white lights around. So we raised the board. The board that the meat skewers were on and the salads was raised. And mm-hmm. there was beautiful white light under it.
1: Yeah. look beautiful. You did a good job on that. Parts,
0: if you don't know this about me, I love plants. And we have a lot of plants. Oh, so what yeah. we did was <laughs> I moved all of the plants into the guest room. Yeah. There's a lot of plants in like every room. Like a
1: lot of plants. They right? were just
0: out there. And like 20 plants? 20.
1: About 20 plants. Maybe so, a little more. So, in this mad scramble, because while everyone's in the story room, kind of I'm chatting, changing the set. Autumn's changing the set, and I helped with this too, but then I had a technical difficulty that I had to work over too. Did. She so so didn't me. have a ton of me, really. So, you moved like 20 yes, moved plants that. into this room, and people, when they got in, they're like, where did all these plants come from? Because <laughs> there's none. Like the house is empty. It Was
0: like void of plants, and and so then we and we could put some photos too of this. But we but we put all the plants. I've got tall ones. Actually, have some tropical plants all around the table. Like yeah. they were just surrounded. And so when people came in, it was like the one room where it was like. <gasps> you know, just with the light and the detail and the plants. Yeah. great.
1: And each one of these, they like, had like, you know, projection and audio. Yes. So we we put like a white scrim on the picture windows. Are those picture windows?
0: It's a picture window. Exactly. And then projected
1: from the outside, like scenery to kind of right. uh, accompany the ride. With and music. With, uh, yeah, with music and audio. All right. So after uh, Jungle Cruise, what was that?
0: Then we had Haunted Mansion. That was a fun one. Yeah. Which was also good. And I, this was... This is probably my second favorite theming. So here we had a black tablecloth. We had like a Victorian vase with old kind of dead looking ferns in it. Yeah. I had a wooden mortar and pestle with yep. like three or four dried, like dead, dead hibiscus leaves. And then one live one. Kind of made like it look potion. like someone's
1: mixing poison or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then I, I we have a beautiful hand carved wooden box. And inside that was a ring with a little yes, um, A wedding drink. ring, right? Yeah. Something that you put a potion in. Clever and and then we had some old uh, old victorian looking like plant stands now all the plants are back out of the room
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> there's no plants and we had, like, dusty books that we stacked on that with some old lanterns. And then we had both an old mansion and a graveyard on the projection. Right.
1: With Haunted Mansion music. You know, lighting, the colored lighting, too. Yeah. So the food here. So, yeah, some of the names. The first dish was uh, for Haunted Mansion is Gracie's Last Meal. Mm-hmm. So it was diver sea scallops and royal trumpet mushrooms and a uh, cranberry citrus coulis. So, like, a red smear kinda of looked a little deadly. Cool, yeah. yeah, the
0: plating for this was very cool.
1: Yeah, that was Gracie's last meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And then the other one here was the grave digger's dinner, which was lamb chops with purple potatoes, some smoked oyster mushrooms. Yeah. Real fun, like earthy looking dish. Yes. Yeah.
0: A lot of earthy natural colors. And then last was Space you-
1: Mountain, yeah, which was supposed to be like the the culmination, right? The thrilling end in terms of like dinners, correct. right? Dinner plates, correct. It. So it good. the person in charge of the special effects on this one <laughs> kind of dropped the ball. Justin, it was me. It was me, and it's funny because I rehearsed this like ten times.
2: Yeah,
0: it was
1: a very specific timing thing that had to happen, and I dropped the ball on it. But <laughs>
0: it still was cool. It still I think happened. it was cool, and people know knew that it happened. It just it didn't have the timing that you wanted.
1: Exactly. The idea here being, and I'll, I'll talk- Nobody
0: knew that it wasn't right. right. We just knew.
1: So there's two <laughs> dishes during Space Mountain, right? There was the, a watermelon salad. Uh, the It's called it the afterburner watermelon salad, because it's mm-hmm. grilled watermelon. And the last dish is called In Space No One Can Hear You Ice Cream. That's a joke. By the way. <laughs> Which is really tasty dish of like uh, vanilla ice cream and, and sherbet yeah. with a tang dusted rim on like the champagne glass it was served mm. in the shortbread
3: cracker and that cookie in there. Anyway, what was supposed to happen, right, was that in the best interest of maintaining this surprise for future guests, this section has been redacted. Apologies to our listeners. They still got the music; it just wasn't in the right order. But next right. time it will be. <laughs>
0: It was still cool. It still happened. No, And again, nobody, nobody knew.
1: Yeah. You, it, but it was like the closest thing to a ride that we had yeah. in the night. And like in preparation, I was giving everybody rides. Like I was like, okay, sit at the table. Watch this. Hmm. And I was so excited because it was – everyone loved it. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it again. But night of the dinner, I was just like I couldn't find the button.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you were <laughs> so busy. He was going around. He was making like alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages and remembering who was what. Yeah. So maybe that was it. Yeah, you just,
2: maybe you, 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 I was, was tired.
1: That? Yeah, I was tired. But uh, so yeah, that was the evening, and I got to say the story is definitely we'll we'll have that um, for you for you next time hopefully. Yeah, so we don't want to talk
0: too much about that.
1: Yeah, and and we'll give you know stage directions. We'll talk more about the meals and what you saw. Hopefully, be able to bring the listener here to the podcast. Right. To Dinnerland, that's what yeah. I'd like to do. Bring you to Dinnerland. You won't be able to taste the food, but we can describe it a little bit. Yeah.
0: And uh, if you are listening, Justin did send out, and you're interested in interest to begin to look at dates for the spring. Yeah. So maybe you could include that. Because
1: yeah. I'll put it back. And
0: some people would be able to come if we know the date ahead of time.
1: I put the uh, link in my Instagram story, but that only stays up for so long. But if you do, you can go to Instagram and look at the Dinnerland highlight, and you can see the full story. You can see all the pr- the, uh, the prologue. Basically, I, well, we didn't even talk about the prologue. The videos that we made in the basement. You
0: did in the beginning.
1: I didn't talk about, about the, the
0: story. Yeah, you talked about the very story. Very briefly. I, I
1: just have. said we found these recordings uh, in the basement. Well, you'll go. Go to Instagram. See, yeah, We're not going to explain video. it. I don't want to talk
0: about it. Yeah, yeah you check you can it,
1: it out. See it. you go. Our first highlight, it's called Dinnerland. And if you just watch it right from there, you can see all the stories.
0: And that is the, that's the. Before story to coming to Dinnerland, yes, yes. so you want to watch that the
1: Dinnerland prologue, yeah, and that was fun just because that made a lot of people upset. We I got a lot of people in my DMs, a lot of people on YouTube just flaming me, like very mad because it was like a part one, part two, part three, yeah. Oh Which my God, what do. did we find? Kind of thing, yeah, 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 drove people nuts. So yeah. definitely check that out. Yeah, and then the last story in that highlight, there is a link where you can sign up for interest for Dinnerland twenty twenty
2: four. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Autumn. So, Dinnerland. Yeah. When we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna ask you some questions about Dinnerland, and then we have some interviews with some other people that were involved coming up too.
0: Yeah, some insiders, some of our Dinnerland crew.
1: Some of the Dinnerland crew, cast members. Should we? No, no. What did we say? Story guides.
0: I you said guides. Story
1: guides. Okay. So we'll hear from Storyland dinner guide story people coming up soon. Oh, we'll be right back. All right. So we're going to interview some people later, but I figured let's start by, let's interview each other. Sure. All right. You want to go first? Sure. All right. <laughs> interview me.
0: Oh, oh, I, that's what you mean by me. I just want to I let first. you
1: know during this interview, I will be extremely hostile and refuse to answer any questions. Okay. Oh, All right?
0: these, is going to be one of those? Mm-hmm, like Sean,
1: Sean Penn kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Ooh. Why would you ask me a question like that? All right,
0: so I'm going to tiptoe into this.
1: Yeah, be careful.
0: I'm going to tiptoe this question. So Dinnerland, you described it. The listeners heard it. It was a very-
1: An immersive, fine dining experience.
0: and and intricate, really, theater. Like we put on a show. This reminded me of me in high school and college putting on being a part of productions. So what made you come up with this idea? Where did this-
1: Okay, so I can't- Come from. yeah. I can't say that I came up with the idea because I definitely did not come up with this mm-hmm. idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I did come up, I did want to have, initially I just wanted to have like a Disney themed dinner party yeah. with Dave where like the dishes would be themed after rides. That was my only goal. And then you know what happened? The, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we haven't had a podcast episode since May 1st, mm-hmm. but something way more cataclysmic to me than I thought would be was the Galactic Star Cruiser was canceled Um, and and and, or ended right and then tickets sold out as soon as they went on sale yeah so i had zero chance of getting on the galactic star cruiser and i was like numb for like five minutes this really you
0: guys can't see this but his eyes are a little watery as he he talks about it well and
1: then i watched tom corliss who literally cried on youtube he was really sad boy about this i felt a little better i wasn't that butthurt but it was like I was really looking forward to experiencing that. Mm. I was really looking forward to experiencing that. And now I was not going to be able to experience that. And that was so butthurt. And there was it was a hopeless feeling like there's nothing I can do about that. This. Mm-hmm. this is gone. It is no longer an option. And, and too. Well, and but that's like, well, you know what? Are you gonna wallow or are you gonna do something? And what else can we do? And we've talked about this in the past. Like sounds like me. What else can we do that is like immersive character based stuff you know there's dungeons and dragons games there's renaissance Mm -hmm. bears and stuff like that so that got me thinking about the dinner again and i said you know what this can't just be a disney themed dinner this needs to be a disney dinner that's driven by a story and to some degree and i think with this iteration maybe we didn't do it as much as our long-term goal is i want to pull people into the story and make that part of the experience so
0: So to to answer your question to to finish
1: how did i think of this i didn't I didn't, that's what spurred it. And then I called up our buddy Ian, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk to later, and talked to you and talked to my brother Josh to kind of put this together. Like, what could this actually be?
0: Yeah. So, you know, obviously the idea of some kind of themed dinner is not something that Justin Lopes invented. We know this. This has been around. But, but the idea in the story in which Dinnerland stems from. Yeah is you know is original to you and it, and it seems like or what Ian. really what, what pushed and motivated this idea was this loss and we were just earlier talking about like pain, right? In mm-hmm. particular like Haunted Mansion. But right, so there was this real loss that I'm hearing that you had. My, that's that's that my sad boy Disney nerd loss. Sad boy <laughs> fueled this uh, this beautiful story. And what I'll say is that's not dissimilar from the story in the prologue, which you all should go and watch the videos of, pertaining to how Walt got his ideas. There was a little bit of yeah. lostness and pain and Yeah. Then ideas formed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From so, thank you for for being uh, vulnerable and sharing. That sure,
1: with us. sure, absolutely, absolutely. Can I ask I'll... you another question? Well, it's my. I think it's my turn now. Is it? Yeah, it's my oh. turn. So I know, like
0: interviewing you. We're
1: interviewing each other. I know. So I now you be Sean I like Penn, you. and I'll be Barbara Walters.
0: All right, I'm an open book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, when I first said to you, I want to do a. I want to do a story-based fine dining experience with special effects, with live music, mm-hmm. with eight courses, with three different cocktails. Like
0: you when you first brought me the idea, you didn't true. have all that detail.
1: Okay, so if you can remember that, and that's a good point. I do because it kind of like evolved and snowballed. Yeah,
0: it wasn't when all I that. first came
1: to you and said I want to do a Disney dinner, maybe that's how I said it.
0: I thought that was great, you and thought it was I thought a great we idea. had the. I thought, oh my gosh this is the space to do this. And I think I just latched on, like knowing your creativity, I knew that it was going to become exactly as great as it was, though Mm -hmm. I didn't have the details of it. And I just thought that would be just a great way to connect with other Disney folks. Mm. And that's what brings you joy. So Mm. that, yeah, no, I I thought it was great. Yeah, at that first point, it was like a themed dinner. And we talked a little bit a lot, like how we would have people come into like this, you know what I mean? That there would be some kind of entrance beginning prologue but no I thought it was a great idea and then I do remember as you were going along I think particularly with the projections at first I was like hmm <laughs> I don't know if I I appreciate this. I just don't know like how. And at that point too, we didn't have as many oh, um, right. story guides that were as involved. So you I were on board with
1: the projections. I loved.
0: First. Yeah, I loved. Like it was. It wasn't the idea. I was just like I. just It is great, Justin. Yeah. But I don't think we could do it, and yeah. I was wrong. I mean, we did get more story guides involved, which we definitely needed. But no, I I love the idea, and I'm just I'm now so happy. It was so fueled like the night of though there was like a lot of nerves yeah just to see how immersed and excited people were and we did all the things that you yeah you know there were definitely tweaks but like every, yeah. every grand idea Justin had and Ian had we made happen
1: we pulled off except for that last well-timed <laughs> effect on space mountain it was we but next time we will <laughs> yeah we're gonna smash it next yeah. time
0: yeah so I I love the I love the idea yeah all right
1: you, so were there any times where you're like, Justin, this is ridiculous?
0: Well, so this if I can share this, <laughs> yeah. if I can out Justin a little bit, I think Justin himself thought this was more ridiculous than anybody else thought. So so my <laughs> my which is funny because it was his idea. So I think several times throughout the process, I think Justin <laughs> doubted this. And oh my didn't gosh. think it was actually going to happen. Whereas like me and, Ian and everybody else, we were like, oh, no, 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 this is, this is happening. I was
1: ready to cancel this half hour before people showed up. Yeah. Like we were trying to do a dress rehearsal and things just weren't coming together. Like I had to keep changing something or someone just kept leaving the room. And I was like, you know what? Let's just cancel this yeah. in my head, you know?
0: Yeah. So I think like as grandiose as these ideas were and all this coming Justin I don't think never really thought until like maybe the day before that this was really happening (laughs) and so so I think that was part I think now that we've done it too I think there are like positive changes we can make in the planning but I think the only one that like doubted that like this isn't actually going to happen this is just going to end up being like great cool ideas on paper was was actually Justin
1: fair enough (laughs) All right. You got a question for me?
0: I do. So, you know, day of, how were you feeling? You, We had spent months now thinking and talking. Yeah. Um, you had had people's money at this point. Yep. We had staged the house. Yeah. You know, how are you feeling? I What's felt going like. going through your head?
1: So there was like a never ending list of things that needed to get done. Like, and I, and I, and an organization is not like I know myself, right? And I have to have lists for something like this. And I've never done something this big where and j- there's just so many different things that had to come together mm. between special effects being produced, edited, the technology to to project the special effects whether it's the projector in the dining room or the story in the story room, the automations, the lighting automations that needed to get set up, the food things, the drink things, the pre-show VIP lounge things, Mm. the gift bags at the end, Mm. all these items, Mm. literally hundreds. There's Mm. well over a hundred items I had to check off. Yeah. These giant pieces of paper with huge lists on them. And I did more than one of those pieces of paper. So if you ask the question, how did I feel? It was overwhelmed. And this idea that this was Mm. impossible, Mm. that I was not going to get everything checked off that I needed to get checked off Mm -hmm. before the show started. Mm. But we did. I think there's only a couple things that we said. You know what? We're not doing that this time. Well, well and I don't do think those time. were
0: items on the list. I think those were things that came up, like I, bubbles.
1: Right. There were like, a couple things I put, but like, those
0: I don't think those were ever. Wrong. I wanted it's like, more. No, we're not going to do bubbles.
1: I think like more refined, like backstories for the for the story guides for the dream characters.
0: Yeah, stuff but like things that, that came in more like, the I think, like a week away. And it was like, Well, that's yeah. the thing.
1: Like, throughout this entire process, there are always new things. What if we did this? What if we did that? And sometimes it's like, shoot, that's a really good idea. And we have to, like, get that in here. That's right. going to make this experience. That's going to be one of those things. So as soon as you check one thing off the list, five other things come up. Or sometimes you look at something on the list and you realize that that's, like, nine things.
0: Right. And, and it I, also involves other people, so it's not yeah. like there's a hundred things, and I can just go do these things. I need to like have the time and space to like. Talk I get get to, get this audio recorded, check with, and see if this is even possible for this right. person to do.
1: I got to get this audio recorded, <laughs> then I got to edit the audio, then I got to send this audio to the person who's doing the music, Josh. So yeah, it was a lot. But I will say, as soon as the party started, as soon as I put on my blazer and my hat, I was good. Yeah, you were. I, every like doubt in my mind was evaporated. Every bit of, there was no, like, anxiety, but stress. You mm-hmm. know, like, I wasn't afraid of anything. I just was well aware of how much crap had to get done. Mm-hmm. So that was stressful. But as soon as the party started, and I said, okay, Justin, now you have to pretend to be a relaxed host. You gotta let go. I was in it. You
0: have to accept what it is. And, and I was fine. I had yeah. a
1: beer, and I was like, let's go. You were good. Let's do this. And you
0: did a stage thing, which, like, Justin was not, like, I danced and have done this, so... Mm-hmm. But I feel like this was your first, like, theatrical thing. uh, Theatrical,
1: for sure. But it's funny, though, because because the character I was playing was myself. Mm. I kind of just went into presenter mode. I went into my PMT, like, instructor class mode. Just made self-deprecating jokes when I needed to. You know, made funny observations when I needed to. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of it went well.
0: I think that's a good role for you to play.
1: (laughs) play myself so yeah Um, that's how i was feeling that's that's how how you
0: now i'm curious about some of the unexpected things as i'm sure some of our listeners are Mm -hmm. can you share anything that was more easy than you expected and maybe any part of the process that was harder than you had expected
1: i'll definitely say the like just being running like being the mc talking to people was easier than i thought it was going to be
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: I just, I forgot that I can do that. You know, it was in a different setting and I've never done it in this setting before. Yeah. But like when I'm in charge and I have like a script, it's really easy. You know what you need to do. I can do that. I'm I'm well practiced in that area now. Mm. So that was easier than I maybe anticipated it being.
0: Okay.
1: What was harder?
0: If I, can I interject? It was interesting because I, and I think maybe because I had to be, that wasn't my only role. Yeah it would normally socially, that kind of thing is fine for me. I was much more anxious than I Interesting. ever
1: Interesting. You in flip-flopped. Because mm-hmm. you're great in so- free-form social environments where I, I, I floundered.
0: Yeah. And I did it. But I just remember, like, there are times talking and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I say? I'm like, oh, I know I need to bring this person to this person. I would do it. But it just – I've never had to think so much about my social interactions. I don't mm-hmm. think about them. They just – you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? That's yeah. weird. And so, because, because, and it was like, okay, at 6.45, I gotta go do this. I gotta, you know, because I was not fluidly in the story, mm-hmm. I think the way you kind of ended ended up being more so, I had, I was looking out for so many other things. That part was harder yeah. than I had anticipated it being internally.
1: That's interesting. We flip-flopped. Yeah. So So that was the easiest. I would say okay. the hardest thing, it wouldn't be the day of. But it was coming up to the day of because in this and throughout the whole process, this is and I knew this would be a challenge because this is just a challenge for me. So I guess it wasn't really unexpected, but the collaboration, I talk a big game and I think everyone does. I'm a great collaborator. I I never say I'm a great collaborator because I'm not. I'm a terrible collaborator, but I want to collaborate because I see the value. (laughs) You agree. I see the value in everyone else's opinion. Yes. In the like on paper, in the long term, in the moment. Like when someone gives me an idea, it's like the part of my brain that's is like, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. So like I've throughout this entire process, constantly have to argue with myself, telling myself to stop it. Listen, listen to what they're saying. And it's really hard for me to do. And I, and I did learn something that it's much easier for me to do when there's multiple people. Mm-hmm. So the discussions between you myself and ian were really good or Mm -hmm. or when it was me ian and josh those were the best discussions because having a third person like it helps me like for whatever reason hearing it from two people is better than hearing it from one person and i'm like okay this is reality there's another person that agrees with them let's go with it and it Mm -hmm. gives me a little bit more space in my brain to accept other people's input and if anything, I would say like, there's definitely, I, I could have done better in that area and I hope to do better in that area in the future is just, you know, really listening to other people's ideas, trying to understand why they think it's a good idea and trying mm-hmm. to put myself in the shoes. So to maybe open myself to the possibility, just the possibility, maybe perhaps someone has a good idea that isn't me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I thought you did a great, like watching you collaborate with other people. That was I thought you did a great job. And I remember admiring even like how much you even allowed to be handed off to other people in the end compared to the beginning. I was mm-hmm. like really impressed because that is hard, that is hard for you to do. Yeah. You know, and there are times you were like, Yeah, no, oh that's great. You want like you were accepting help, I think Good. what ended up coming is you were really like, yeah, yeah, no, I need this would be really yeah. I you wanna do this and I need you to do this. Yeah. So thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. That's what you need when you do that kind of thing. So I think
1: I was lucky to have a team of people that were just smart, adaptive thinking people. Like hmm. everyone was having good ideas. If I could just right. let them say, if I could just be like, just you do that, do less
0: work. Just yeah, then you do less work. exactly.
1: And I think that, the, and and that became more important towards the end, where really it was for me, it was about making sure everything on the list was done. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do the things, everything on the list by myself. Right. So I really needed delegation became more important. And trusting people to do it independently became really important. Mm-hmm. And I was just lucky to have just such talented people to help me out.
0: Mm. It was, and it was a, it was a ball. It was a ball. Like I, like before the end, just exhausted as I was, was like, when are we doing it again? And then and it just brought me back to all the other production things i had done too and yeah it was a great time everyone fun. just really had a great time i think that was at the end but it was so pant was like oh my gosh yes. like I, did, I don't need to ask i didn't all have any guests, doubts like it was like all the guests had, an, had awesome time. an awesome time and
1: i think everyone that ran the event all the story guides had an excellent time dave had a Last, yeah. I mean, the kitchen was wore out. They went hard. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. they were definitely wore out. But I think they were, they had fun too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think often Dave gets to switch hats during a dinner party. So you no. get to do some lines, you get to do some character stuff. Yeah, it was great. It was great.
0: So we're excited, basically. Then the, I think the what were the, the question I had was like, oh my goodness, so what is the afterwards going to look like? And we had some immediate debrief. Mm-hmm. And some debrief within the next 48 hours, which was good, too, because it was still, like, close enough to remember. But also sometimes it can be good to have space because other things will come to you when you have some space from the event. And we wrote stuff down. We sent out a survey, which was cool. And I think it was, like, unanimously. Everyone everyone was very excited and on board and generating ideas. Yeah, like, we got some great ideas from those surveys, time. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I had to look through those individually. I yeah. did not yet.
3: All
1: right. So that's, I think that's all we have to say on this at the moment, but stick around. When we come back from the break, we're going to hear from Josh, who was the music, the live music, Mm -hmm. and from Ian, who was the storyteller. He was the writer for the, for the event.
0: Yeah. So stay tuned.
1: All right. I'm sitting here with my brother, Josh. Josh, hello. Hello. Josh, and I think either project more or be closer. Let's... Yeah,
5: testing. One, two, three. There we go. Sibilance. May me, my, mo, moo. moo. Moo, My mom made, I'm not finished. My good. mom made me match my MMs. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm done. All right, so we are the day after Dinnerland. This is day after Dinnerland. You were part of the creative team. You were part of the performance team at Dinnerland. I think I approached you about this, what, like two months ago, was it? Three months ago? Maybe late. Maybe late May. Late and, May.
5: And you're like, hey, let's do this. I don't know. I just save the day. End of June. And oh, I you're right. Like,
1: okay. Let's do this in three weeks. You're yes. right. It was in May. Okay. And then we had the real realization. You work in a school too, right? Yeah. You work in a school. I work at a school. Uh, the writer Ian works in a school. So we're all like, oh, it's the busiest time of year. Guys, can we do this in three weeks? And we decided no. Let's push it back to August. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Also, like...
1: It... It was, it probably benefited from the
5: extra time baking.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have done, like, nothing would have gotten done in three weeks anyway. Like, it (laughs) wouldn't have. And like honestly, and, and it comes to the amount of time, I thought of canceling this so many times. Like when we did that final dress rehearsal before we started, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it in my eyes, but I was like, "Is it too late to cancel?" Like an hour before guests got here, I was or two, yeah, I was thinking like maybe I think, we could cancel.
5: I think the the more important question is, is it too late to cancel now? Now that it's over, maybe we should <laughs> Do you cancel. You think we it? should try? Yeah, I think we should try, probably cancel the whole thing. Let's
1: give them their money back. Tell no, them no, no, no. Which just
5: no. it's been canceled. It's been canceled <laughs> from our hearts. No, I'm just.
1: no No, it ended up going really well it did it was it was good but it was getting it all together was you got you got it was tough it was stressful i had many many task lists and you got here early the day of and helped out a ton Mm -hmm. and it's the thing you look back at these things and like what would i have done if josh didn't come and do these things you got there the night before actually i don't know what i I don't think we it would have gone exactly the same way except you wouldn't
5: have had a man child following you around let's saying, top what up. should I do next? You did so many what things. What should I do next? Am I doing this right?
1: So what was your, so let's talk about that. Aside from like helping get it off the ground and set everything up, you were the music, mm-hmm. you did music. Mm-hmm. So let's first, like, what's your relationship with music? Why did you do the music for this?
5: <laughs> um, I'm going to not take the bait for the opportunity to be to be self-deprecating, okay, I'm, and 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 just say I did the music because I do music. Ah, yes. And you're like, you probably thought that since I do music that I could do music. Uh-huh. I asked the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> you did, you did. I, I did, and so I'm assuming you're qualified to answer that question more than I am.
1: Yeah, but I am a music doer. Yes, you are a music doer, but you are like I would say. Like, so in terms, like, if you think like Disney music, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say you're like, you, you, we wouldn't find you, ne- though you could do it, but we wouldn't necessarily find you in the pit at like a Disney dance show or something I mean, like that. You no, know, no, I definitely have done the high school musicals. Yeah,
5: I've right. done Beauty and the Beast and yep. Cinderella, although Cinderella. But that's not the, your passion, yeah. right? Like. I, I like, I like a musical challenge. Okay. I'm, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I definitely am not the person that has knows a million songs, but mm-hmm. I am the person that can play a sound yeah. that you think of.
1: Yes. If that makes sense. So what Joshua did was he played, this. I'd say, the soundscapes for when the story occurred. Was it soundscapes yeah, and characterization? I, yeah,
5: more like a film score than like, yes. like a piano bar. Hey, what's the popular song you want to hear? Yeah. Kind of thing.
3: Bum bum boo. Doody, doody, doody. Wah wah woo. Okay, sorry, music is not my forte. We weren't able to get the recordings in time for this week's episode. Stand by for the Dinnerland episode coming soon, to hear some of Joshua's work. That really brought me there, dude. That brought me right back
5: real I'm quick. I'm glad it did because I haven't made it yet. <laughs> Shh. Oh, am I ruining? I broke
1: kayfabe. <laughs> Pretend I didn't say that. So, yeah, I mean, you really set the mood when the story was going on and you, I think you, you provided the backdrop for people who had just met each other to converse when they weren't eating, you know, they're just kind of sitting in this room waiting for a story. What else are they going to do? And you like set the mood. We got a lot of positive feedback. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so when I, so when we said, I think the original ideas and the this project is, you know, it was definitely shifting and metamorphizing. Throughout the last three months, uh, and I think the original idea is, well, we should we have a piano. We should get someone to play Disney tunes. Mm-hmm. And like, well, my brother's a musician, right? But I wouldn't say that you're like a hey, come play some tunes musician. You're like, like we were saying before, like maybe ab. Would you would you say to, you tend towards the abstract musically? Or? I
5: definitely tend towards the abstract. I can do the hey, play some tunes. I'm a guitarist. Right. I could hack my way through our piano. People hear with their eyes a lot of the oh, time. Interesting. And they'll, what does that mean? In other words, they'll make judgments on what they want to hear based on what they want to see. Mm-hmm. like, I see a piano.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I can make, I can sound like I'm a jazz guitarist. Mm-hmm. I can play a thing that sounds like a piano is playing it. But because there's a piano next to me in the room, they're like, oh, man, somebody should go play that piano. Yes, it's like I'm yes. all... I'm really just yeah. hearing what you're saying right now on the guitar. Yeah, and listen, and yeah. you can hear it. But people, like, yeah, some people maybe, and you know, maybe I taste with my uh, fingers or something. I
1: don't know. Maybe yes, I, I I do have taste limited, with my fingers. And yeah. autumn, whenever we go out to eat, she finds yeah. it very disturbing. She asks me to stop. Well, I look with my I'm, tongue. Yeah, well, I'm sticking yeah. my fingers in her mashed potatoes, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Don't do that." You don't. You should ask
5: first. You Always
1: should. ask. <laughs> So I did, I noted, it took me six minutes for you, to get you to admit you're a jazz guitarist. Oh. That's what I was like. <laughs> oh.
5: Yes. I mean, in the sense that I went to a school and I hold a diploma in playing the guitar in the yeah. jazz manner.
1: And so I really, I like the way, like the, the tunes would have been cool, but I really like the way this developed. I really appreciate you like performed a, four or five original works for this. And I think that set it over the top in terms of yeah. professionalism and just mood setting. It was, it was dope. And uh, as I'm sure the audience agrees, after listening to that sample, we just listened to <laughs> it. <laughs> going back to like the concept of what Dinnerland was going to be. The first time I explained it to you, did it, did you understand what I was talking about?
5: Did, did I correctly
1: understand? Yeah. It? Like I did it not- make sense?
5: It made sense and I was wrong. Okay, I was like, got it. he wants me to play d- Disney tunes while yeah. people eat food. And then yeah. we do some kind of
1: talkie session got like, mingling scenario. Yeah. It's I, been hard for me. The reason I asked that is because it's been hard for me to like explain to people what it is. Like, is it a dinner party? Is it a dinner show? And I just use the word experience, but I feel like that's a cop-out. Okay. The
5: easiest way to explain it is it's basically a murder mystery party <laughs> with, like, no murders. Yes. And very little mystery.
1: <laughs> yes. It was mystery, but it was, it was hard it was, to, it was, to grasp the mystery at some point. It was, it was like, very light on the mystery. It was light on the mystery. And, you know, I, I would say... At one point, there there was potentially going to be a murder, <laughs> but we de- you mean, oh. we decided against that. <laughs> is it because of something I played? Or? No, no, okay. we weren't going to murder you. No. Oh, good. There was an idea that maybe Walt murders the homeowner <laughs> accidentally,
5: but <laughs> yeah, accidentally. Mur- well, t- by definition, it wouldn't be
1: murder. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Just so a that's why like I said murder. like murder adjacent. There was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, some a homicide mystery element to it. That's yeah, that'd go over well. <laughs> it was going to happen on the piano, actually. There was it was going to be an accidental piano murder. Oh, <laughs> we didn't go that way. We you didn't know. go. That way. So glad you didn't. <laughs> like I said, there's been the- this project has had many ideas, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were shut down by other members, and mm-hmm. I think all for the better. Like Probably, I had yeah. Some really not great ideas. And I had a lot of people to say, like, yeah, you know
5: what? When I hear a sentence like that, the question that pops into my mind will
1: always be, ooh, what's the
5: worst idea?
1: But this sounds like the Walt being a murderer is. There were some cheesy choices I wanted to make with mm-hmm. some of the graphics, like the, the ghost overlays. I had some ideas that probably wouldn't have worked very well, right? Right. Uh, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that was the, it was, it was just good. I think the collaboration was good. We had some meetings beforehand, so the music could talk to the story writer, Ian and the Ian and I'm hearing everybody. And we had everybody in the room. We had Dave, the chef on some of those meetings too. And, and the sous chef attended, you know, we had a, the kitchen meetings too. And I, I just think there was a great collaboration between people, even people making suggestions outside of their area of specialty Mm. is great. I love that because it's a different angle you take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for the next Dinnerland or iteration, like what do you, what do you envision for Dinnerland in the future? Oh, I
5: don't know. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find out though. You so you
1: brought how many pedals for your oh, guitar? All of them. I Was the number 9 or 10. 9 or 10. So would you say you need more than that oh, for the next one? I mean, by
5: the way I'm to understand sequels is that it needs to be bigger, louder,
1: yeah. and faster. So like 16, 17 effects pedals I'm for thinking. Your guitar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. All right. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, Josh, thanks. Once again, thank you for doing Dinnerland and thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. All right. If you want to learn more about Josh, check out the show notes. I'm going to post some links. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Josh. Hey, thanks. Welcome back, everybody. We have Ian here now. We're going to talk to Ian. He was a key member of the Dinnerland team. It would have, Dinnerland would have been very different if it weren't for Ian. Not only did Ian write the whole Dinnerland story, but he consulted and collaborated pretty much every step along the way from the conception of Dinnerland. So hey, Din- hey, hey, Dinnerland, hey Ian, how are you?
4: I'm good. How are you, Justin?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on the podcast, on the Easy Dizzy Podcast. This is pretty big for you, you're, you're on the Easy Dizzy Podcast.
4: Yeah, this is my first podcast. Wow, wow. so like just to go deal. from like
1: no podcast to I think like the 85th biggest Disney World podcast <laughs> on the internet. That's a big deal. that's a huge job. That's a huge job. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah let's let's get right into it. Maybe we'll start with just tell me a bit about yourself Ian. what what is your relationship with Disney and the Disney parks?
4: So uh, I grew up in Florida. I grew up about 45 minutes east of of Disney World in a town called Coco, not too far mm-hmm. from Cocoa Beach. And my family would go yearly, usually in the winter for some reason. So I have fond memories of it, mostly from childhood. It's been a long time since I've been back. How long? Uh, very long time, I don't even know. Probably more than 15 years. Oh, wow. We gotta get, get you back to Disney World. I know. Ian. But I think like for the purposes of this project, it was beneficial to have my memories be kind of distant. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, uh, the way Disney was presented in this project was a, I, I like calling it a project too. That sounds cool. Uh, cause I have been at a loss of words for what to call it when people ask me, because it's like a project does encapsulate <laughs> yeah, it. Seems it. Yeah. Appropriate. <laughs> it is a dreamy take on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think dreams and nostalgia, the, that, that being your, your lens here of, you know, at least a 15 year distance in time. And also the experience primarily being, I guess, of a, a kid, would that be accurate?
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. So, but, so I think that, but in general, I, I remember it fondly. I love the magic of it. I loved the, specifically the rides that sort of made you feel like you were outside when you were inside mm-hmm. and just the, the immersiveness of, of the rides and how they kind of tapped into every sense. I feel like I mean I'm an artist as well as a teacher, and I feel like I've carried those those elements into the the things that I try to do.
1: Yeah, I see that. So you know, we invited you over, Autumn, and I invited you over to talk about this. What made you say yes to becoming part of the team? Why why wasn't this a no? <laughs>
4: I think it was your your your, your barbecue chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. You you seduced me with your, with your grill skills, but I mean, but, but, but seriously, it was just, I love to tell stories. I I think I've, as I've gotten older and gotten to know my my brain, I've gotten to know my brain as a brain that just makes sense of almost everything through stories. And I have aspirations to be, to be more active as a writer. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was an exciting idea because like I said earlier, we had, I mean, I had these connections with, with Disney as a child. And it was a great opportunity, I think, to, to get some practice writing and to reflect on Disney and trying to kind of, I, I also think it was a good project because it had, it wasn't in, incredibly open-ended. Uh, it was, but at the same time, it had certain limitations and certain mm-hmm. guidelines that made it made it into a, uh, an interesting challenge for me to sort of, how, how, how do we make it so that it fits with your, your house and your home and with the meals and so all of these variables I found interesting and challenging in a stimulating way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up limitations because we will get back to that. Before I do though, I want to say in terms of the story that you wrote, I can't tell you how lucky I felt when I read that story <laughs> that I met you and that you said yes and that you agreed to do this. Because honestly, and like, like I welled up at certain points just <laughs> reading this story. It was a very emotional, fun story. It had, had had, like, laughs in it, and it also had some things that, for me, as, like, a Disney nerd, meant a lot. Like, the (laughs) amount of research that you put into some of those things, it's just, it it was a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. Very well done. Thank you. Uh, And I I look forward to more people experiencing it, for sure. Um, Now, you mentioned limitations, Mm -hmm. because my next question here is... Tell me about dreaming big and, and what that means to you. Because that was a recurring theme in just about all of our interactions. Tell me about that. Tell me about dreaming big Ian.
4: Yeah. As a creative person, I that's kind of my default mm. is to start with the most unrealistic but most exciting version of any project. Mm. And and I think I mean going back to my experience as a teacher and as a creative teacher, I think that I've learned that that remains a good place to start, but I've gotten better at reckoning with reality. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I mean, in terms of cost and how big, I mean, is it like, well, and the the limitations of the people and the money and the place Mm -hmm. and the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, going year after year, trying big projects in the classroom and recognizing that sometimes big dreams end with if they don't get accomplished, it could be disappointing mm-hmm. for a group and that compromises are only, they're kind of secrets. They're held within the behind the scenes in the creative group that nobody really realizes what the dream was. They just experience what the, the experience was or what the, the project right. is. Does that's that make just, sense?
1: Yeah, but w- w- so you'd say that's just part, that's your default as as an educator and maybe as a person is to start off by dreaming big that's that's just part of who you are that's not like a is there like a conscious like rationale behind that for you like why is it important to to start with the big
4: thoughts i I mean i think it goes it goes back to to maybe even experience not not that experiencing disney at a young age is the only reason but it probably is related in some way Mm -hmm. because i think that i'm also just like a sensory person like i i i feel alive when i have like Lots of sensory, Mm -hmm. like varied and like big input. So Mm -hmm. I like to be in immersive experiences. So I think it's just sort of, to some extent, me trying to give an audience what I would want. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that's just kind of where I where where I start. But then, uh, uh, but also, I think what like over over my creative life I've had periods of of working in isolation Mm -hmm. and it's much harder in isolation to to reckon with with limitations and to be realistic about things like deadlines and budgets and all that kind of stuff and so I think that one thing that I really appreciated about this project was that it was collaborative and it was also just sort of like collaborative in the context of like the collaborators were people with jobs and families, so it's yeah. like you can't. There are real limitations as to how much of yourself you can put into it, yeah. And there are sort of. So there were times where I'd be distant from you, and I didn't know what was going on. And that time and space, I think, is like good because it kind of curbs obsessive tendencies that I tend to have <laughs> as well. So I think, and and also so and and you being a sounding board, we you know I would say like, oh, let's just like do this, and you would be pretty you as a person with the home and with the technology and with the initial vision, I think, could, could check those things and say like, ah, oh, that's not gonna work or let's try this or...
1: <laughs> so I did, I asked this question because I think this is what makes you such a valuable collaborator. And maybe, yeah, I, because it, I think there is a tendency, maybe it's a human tendency, maybe it's me, but I see things away and I expect things to be, and I think about things they should continue being in that way, which is fine maybe most of the time, but when it comes to a creative endeavor, it's a box I'm putting myself in. So to have someone to say, all right, we need basically an illusion here. We need to mm-hmm. create this illusion. My initial reaction is that's not, how am I gonna do that? <laughs> I can't do that. We shouldn't do that. But because the way you present it and you present the value, well, if we did do this, it would tie it would tie in you know the haunted mansion. It would tie in this key element of the haunted mansion and i can tie it to the story and it would be valuable to the guest experience this would make me excited if i were experiencing this I, i'm hearing this from you mm-hmm. that not only motivates me like okay i gotta think more about this how we can make this happen but it it just expands the possibility it, it, it lets me like think it, may, it helps me get out of my box basically having someone like be the dreamer and and i think we kind of developed this relationship where i almost felt like roy disney and you were walt disney <laughs> where walt would have like these outlandish crazy things he wanted to do and roy would be the guy checking the bank account and being mm-hmm. like well oh, maybe we can if we move this around and you know so yeah it makes know, sense not making outlandish comparisons here or anything i mean mm-hmm. we're just walt and roy basically but
4: no but i think that no i think that is probably historically a a beneficial team dynamic
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And it was fun, too. It was fun. I felt like I grew during this experience. Was, you know, this this Disney dinner experience helped me grow as a person, and I, and I appreciate you, you helping me along there. Yeah, me too. So talking about resources and, you know, limitations and how that, you know, can be a creative force in some points. Like, when we're limited by physics, we have to get creative, and that might change how we do things or how we tell a story. If, though, resources were not an issue, if money, manpower yeah well just say money and manpower were not an issue you still have to obey the laws of physics if those things were not an issue what might what might be one thing that you add to to the next dinner or the future iterations of dinner dinner land
4: oh geez <laughs> i'll was, put you on the spot yeah, maybe, i mean right? but if money is money is not an issue then it's there's no there's no limitation other than yeah physics. Yeah. But I mean, I think that, well, I guess the, how much am I allowed to talk about like the story and what happened on that original night?
1: Yeah. The, you can talk pretty freely. This episode has a, a few spoilers. It's not going to be a full spoiler episode, but we've, we've at this point discussed what the different rides were. We described some of the table settings and stuff like that. Um, not a ton of the special effects, but you can go ahead and get into it.
4: Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if, and, and if, there, if I'm thinking like super big, let's take it out of your home because, I mean, I don't know, because, I mean, it's big, it, it's, it's, I imagine that there were benefits and also challenges of like having it occupy the same place where like you live and yeah. as, as a family, but, but I would never want to lose the, like the feeling of, of being in a domestic kitchen and in like a domestic living room, yeah. but, but. I think but, you
1: did do a really good job of tying that into the story. Like, exactly. There was a reason in the story why we were in my house. I thought that was great.
4: Yeah, so so I mean if if if, if there was no limitation, I would make it happen in a a place that that was a set like that that was designed mm-hmm. to look like like a living room mm-hmm. and even had a false exterior because on that night that it happened, I mean the first night that we did it, it, it rained and it thundered and it lightninged and there was yep. some thunder that was pretty magically timed with the story and it created this really Magical feeling to kind of all be in together while it was was raining. So to be able to simulate like weather In yeah. believable realistic ways would be a, a cool thing to make the passageway between the living room and the dining room even more sort of like uh, Tunnel and and dreamy like and for it to just be like kind of preserved and always set up because you wouldn't have to yeah. like scramble to kind of transform your home every time And then just like to to have something designed from scratch that sort of like really thought about like the flow of people and the, Mm -hmm. but then within the actual room where the story is being told, like, you know, I mean, there's a million things that we could do in terms of making the, like the apparitions that occurred on the screen, like somehow actually occur in the room to have like uh, projections sort of all over and, and light shifts and and just, I mean, I don't know, it's like special effects that tied into the story, but like, I don't know, just like a haunted house in a way, but just like a room that was filled with contraptions that, and also, and, and the main the main thing too, is just sort of have everything automated by a some sort of big giant brain. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because there are commercial systems that automate lighting. And I was, it's just in terms of resources. Yeah, we didn't have access to yeah. So everything we did was basically all of our automations were done with things that were designed for residential use, really, and a couple apps mm-hmm. on our phones. So yeah, we, we had a hodgepodge of technology for sure. It would be nice to have a single control point. For, that would be great.
4: It would, all, it would be awesome also to, to, to really lean into the, the theatrical element of it and mm-hmm. have like actual actors being a part yes. of the, the experience would be, I think, would be pretty fun.
1: Yeah. And my mind went there too. And I think that's what we're going to end up doing. You know, I think, I think we are going to get some, some, some actors involved at some point, you know, well, you know, that's in terms of resources, we have to move some things around and figure some things out, but I think it's doable. I think it's doable. Nice. All right. So yeah. I mean, do you have any final thoughts on Dinnerland or or final thoughts on anything that we've talked about?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think kind of echoing some things that you said earlier, I think that I'm really grateful to have had this opportunity to collaborate and to dream and to make something. And I think that especially grateful given that, I, you know, going back to this, something I said earlier that, you know, we are, we all have busy jobs and busy lives and, and families. Yeah. And, and I think me personally, as, as someone who's sort of came to know myself in sort of creative artistic communities, collaborative communities. Like it can be hard to, to kind of, I don't know, lose those communities because of other responsibilities and, and changes in life. So I'm glad that those opportunities are still available and I'm grateful for you for inviting me in oh, seeing you, my potential. Is dinner. Oh,
1: definitely. Is wait. So does, is dinner land an artistic community?
4: Yeah. Why not? All right, cool. I like it. I think so. I mean, we could even say, I mean, we could say creative. I mean, there was a, there was a team of people that were bringing their, their areas of expertise and interest and passions together into a collaborative project.
1: I like it. Creative community, Dinnerland. (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being such a huge part of Dinnerland. Thank you for, like I said earlier, it would not have been anything close (laughs) to what it was without you. So thank you. Uh, and thanks for doing this uh, interview, too. And c- and congratulations uh, on being on the Easy Disset podcast.
4: Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you're welcome. And thank you. <laughs> All right.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening today. I hope you enjoyed hearing about our Dinnerland project. If you are interested in learning more about Dinnerland, if you have some great ideas for Dinnerland or you'd like to join us for our next Dinnerland in the spring, shoot me an email at easydizitpodcast at gmail.com. I'll get you on the interest list, and that way you can get a discounted ticket if you choose to do so in March or April. And hey, oh, if you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, don't forget, I am a travel agent, and I specialize in theme park travel. So if you have some questions about Universal or you have some questions about Disney, send them my way. I'm happy to answer those questions, whether you end up booking your travel with me or not. If you do end up booking your travel with me, boy, boy, are you in, boy, are you in luck? I'll tell you what. So until next time, easy it.